Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, on this first Sunday in the season of Epiphany, I want to introduce you to a man named Jim O'Neill. Jim is 71 years old, and Jim is also uh, a pilot. And one sunny day, eight years ago, Jim was flying alone in his Cessna airplane. At that point, Jim's life was in pretty good shape. He loved to fly. He was feeling healthy. He was feeling strong. And then, when he was about 40 minutes into a two-hour flight from Glasgow, Scotland to Colchester, England, something happened. In an instant, his vision failed. He couldn't see a thing. And at first he thought that the sun had maybe momentarily blinded him, but then he realized that it was a lot worse. In fact, he had suffered a stroke. And although he felt no pain, he could not see anything. So let me just ask you, as you're seated in the pews right now, to close your eyes for just a moment. And as your eyes are closed, let me ask you to imagine that right now, You are alone, and you're sitting at the controls of a small plane, and you're flying about 120 miles an hour, you're 15,000 feet in the air, and you are completely blind. And what does that feel like? Okay, open your eyes, please. And welcome to the season of Epiphany, courtesy of Jim O'Neill. And let me tell you why. The word epiphany, literally translated, means manifestation. And on this first Sunday in the season of epiphany, and on the next five Sundays in this season, we're going to see all sorts of ways in which Jesus is epiphanied, or is manifested to us as the Messiah, as the Son of God. And the pilot, Jim O'Neill, is our epiphany man, Because in today's gospel, it's all about being strong at one moment and then in the very next moment being blind and weak and discovering that it's in weakness that Jesus is epiphanied, that it's in weakness that Jesus is manifested. Manifested as the one who offers a kind of forgiveness and love and hope that we could never manufacture on our own. Let me just say that again. In the upside-down economy of God's grace, the epiphanies of the love of Jesus in our lives take place not so much when we're strong, but when we are weak. Now, there's a very strong person in today's gospel. It's the man who says, the one who is stronger even than I is coming after me. It's John the Baptist, that incredibly strong man. He's out there in the wilderness, and he's preaching, and the people are flocking from Jerusalem to hear him. And the people who are coming out to hear him are people who are in touch with their weakness and who are looking for some strength. These are people who know that they're too weak on their own to cast out that hated occupying Roman army and looking for some strength to make that happen. People who know that Their faith is kind of weak so that maybe their prayers are not being heard. 
People who think that underneath it all, they have some lack of stick to which is maybe the last word for their worth. And they're streaming out to listen to John. These thousands who know their weaknesses and who are yearning for some strength, kind of like right here this morning, and out of the crowd steps Jesus. And John looks up and he sees his cousin, the son of Aunt Mary and Uncle Joseph, and he says, what are you doing here? You're the only person on the face of the earth who doesn't need to be baptized. You ought to be baptizing me. And Jesus looks out over that vast throng and over the congregation of Calvary St. George's and he sees their hunger and he sees their weaknesses and he wades right in to stand right beside them with them in their weakness in the Jordan River. Let me just ask, I mean, where are some places in our culture this morning where the culture says that you and I ought to be strong and we know ourselves to be weak. I mean, in what ways does our world say that we ought to have self-assurance and confidence and the problem is that you and I have a backstage view of who we really are? I mean, I got in touch with my own weakness just a couple of weeks ago when I went into a Starbucks just around the corner here and things had been going pretty well that day. I was feeling kind of self-confident, kind of strong until the person in line in front of me made an order. I wrote it down. This is his exact order. I want a decaf, grande, sugar-free, vanilla, non-fat latte with two shots of decaf espresso with extra syrup, with steamed foam, and with the milk heated to 142 degrees. <laughs> when I heard that, I thought to myself, I, I don't know how to order at Starbucks. I mean, I don't know if I want 142 degrees, 143 degrees. I don't know what grande means. I mean, I, I am flunking Starbucks. So that's how I got in touch with my weakness the other day. Well, that's a little silly. But more seriously, I mean, how about you and me? What rivers might you and I be standing in, maybe even right now this morning, where there's some weakness? I mean, maybe you're the breadwinner for your family and it's just not happening. Maybe you've even been laid off. Can you see Jesus wading into that river to stand right beside you in that weakness? Maybe you need to graduate from some school, but either the, the grades aren't there or maybe the, the funds aren't there. Maybe you need to get published, but the pile of rejection letters is growing. Maybe you just need to be able to handle this cold and you can't do it. I have a plant in my apartment that's by a window and I watch the leaves waving back and forth in the breeze. Maybe you need to be brave for some cause that you know is right, but you let the chance slip away. Maybe you need to heal that relationship, but you don't know how. Whatever your need may be, and mine may be, here right now this morning, can we see Jesus wading in to stand beside us in our weakness? Because this is what God does best. Taking the part of me that embarrasses me, the part of me that ties me down, 
the part of me that makes me ashamed and coming to it and identifying with it and standing beside it so that I may know that I am forgiven and loved and made new. You know, all of this was played out last month over at St. George's at that stunningly beautiful candlelight service. If you were there, you remember that the, the worship began with that hauntingly beautiful hymn, Once in Royal David City, and the children's choir was singing the first verse of the hymn as they came down the aisle. And I was enraptured by it until suddenly I heard out in the street the blare of a siren going right by St. George's. And I thought to myself, oh great, the beauty of this moment is being messed up. But then I thought some more and I thought, maybe that's the siren of a fire engine. And it's on its way to someone's apartment where there are some beautiful treasures that are being destroyed by flames. As the children sang, once in Royal David City. Or maybe I thought it's the siren of a police car. And it's on its way to some weapon that's been fired by somebody whose anger or despair has bubbled over. As the children's choir sang, once in Royal David City. Or maybe I thought it's the siren of an ambulance. It's on its way to some home where someone has had a heart attack. While the children sang, Once in Royal David City. And then it all came together at the end of the second verse when we sang, With the poor, the scorned, the lowly, lived on earth, our Savior holy. So thank you, Children's Choir, for telling us that whatever sirens may be going on in our spirits, those are the places, those are the weaknesses where the strength and the forgiveness and the love of Jesus are epiphanied, are manifested, and come shining through, just as they did for Jim O'Neill. BBC News in England has made available the recording of the final four minutes of Jim O'Neill's flight. There was a Royal Air Force pilot named Paul Gerard who took off in his plane after he'd been contacted by air traffic controllers and he brought his own plane to within 500 feet of O'Neill's plane and he began to talk to Jim O'Neill, trying to guide him toward the airport. Here is what Paul Gerard said to Jim O'Neill. This is the recording. You've missed the runway this time. Let's start another gentle right-hand turn. Keep the right turn coming. Roll out left. No need to worry. Roll out left. Left again. Left again. Keep coming down. Turn left. Turn left. Hey, no problem. Can you see the runway now? So you cannot see the runway? Keep coming down. And then finally, you are safe to land. And Jim O'Neill touched down in a near perfect landing. You and I may be way out in that river this morning. And the sirens 
may be wailing. But our Epiphany Messiah, whose name is Jesus, is right beside us. And I can hear him saying right now to our hearts, you are safe to land. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.